What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. And we are live. We're doing it live. Yeah, well, we are doing it live. We're hello. doing what we're doing, and we're doing it well. And welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I, of course, am your host, as always, Blake Law. This is episode 46. We're almost to a year, and we are very glad you have joined us today. They say we learn the most from the games in which we lose, and that is exactly what this show aims to do. We are interviewing a player who is elite, who has lost one to two games at a major event, and we're going to talk about all the things that they wish they could have done. We're going to talk about mistakes. They're going to break down how they plan to learn from those mistakes moving forward. How often have you blamed a game on bad dice? We have all done it. I've done it. Quentin has done it. Brad has done it. I will reiterate that Nurgle Matthew has, in fact, done it. This is the live episode, people. We're doing it live right now. You may be watching. Maybe you're listening next week because it's not going to be going on until next Monday. But we're here, and we're joined by my new favorite person in the world, who we'll get to in a second. But we're talking about a GT down in Tampa, Florida. And we're talking about a list that is so near and dear to my heart that I had to bring our guest on for a third time in a month. Because we're talking about Wraith Eldar, something that is very cool. If you don't like it. I don't know what planet you're living on, but we're talking about Wraith Eldar playing Custodes, and we're going to talk about all that game. Now, this is part one of the podcast, so in this part, we are going to be analyzing the game. We're going to be talking about common mistakes, the secondaries, the target priority, and all of the above. Part two, which is available to subscribers at theartofwar40k.com, we'll be talking about everything else, the Bradening, the Brad Hour. We'll be talking about list adjustment, strategy, We'll be talking about everything from A to Z and that elite player mindset. Now, oh yeah, my co-host today, this guy, he's won some things. <laughs> he's won in 2022. He is currently undefeated in life because he's here. <laughs> he hasn't missed an episode in a while. It's pretty great. I mean, I do set the bar very low as far as what I want to achieve nowadays. It's Brad. Are you still alive? Yep. Yeah, killing it. Check. Move on. Absolutely killing it. He's won a lot of stuff. He won a lot of events last year. He's won Infinity Plus One now, Adepticons. And he's going to win a lot more. The world's your oyster this year, Brad. The world is your oyster. I've decided that I'm going to continue to crush teams. Because right now, I am the reigning Adepticon team champion, American team champion, the Trios from Nova champion, and the Las Vegas team champion. And I'm soon to be the BFS champion. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get destroyed and I talk too much crap about this. This is live. Well, I'm gonna I've assembled a team that's going to defeat you at BFS. It's uh, it's kind of a big deal. I may already make my victory speech about it now, actually. So uh, <laughs> I love the fact that it goes. I'm not ashamed to say I've retired three dice sets. I want to give you a quick dice story before we continue on with the mojo. Because speaking of dice being retired, I was playing at Glass City. Uh, the Glass City GT, and everybody on my side was just rolling epically bad. Like my the dude next to me and the guy next to him. And I look over, 
And I'm like, dude, what is going on with your dice? And he rolls 20 dice. And I swear to God, he got 16 ones <laughs> just showing me what he's doing. And I took it. I ran to the counter, bought him new dice, told him he wasn't even allowed to let me see the old dice. Because I'm assuming he stole them from an Indian burial ground. <laughs> and they were cursed. And as soon as he started rolling the new dice, all of us on our side started rolling better. And we all won the game. Right, I'm going to introduce our guest. He's just sitting there. He's sitting there in the upper corner. He, need, he needs to be unleashed upon this this uh, chat here. So you may, if you're watching, you may notice the Art of War blue hair. The star finally change did it. from the Finally team. did it. You did it. You bit the bullet. You've done it. It looks fantastic. He is the player you all know and love. He has been killing it lately. Currently number two in the ITC. He wrecked shop in 2022. He did really good making the shadow round at LVO 2022. He finished fourth at SoCal, third at NOLA. He finished second at Cherokee Open this year. He won 20th overall in ITC 2021. And most recently, he top 10, what we're talking about today, Onslaught GT, Mr. Quentin Johnson. Hello. I'm uh, welcome. Really excited to be back on Broken. Don't sell him short. I feel we agreed his nickname is now Quentin Rampage Johnson. Quentin Rampage Johnson. Am I ever going to get context to that? Context to that because people texted me that, and then I a gigantic fighter, UFC fighter, is yeah. Quentin Rampage Jackson. So you know our Quentin Rampage Johnson. You have like been that. rampaging through the entire ITC so far in 2022, though. So I think it's very appropriate. Absolutely. And the blue hair helps. That's like a catalyst oh, yeah, to the no, next level. I have a, a blue Wraith army, blue hair, like it's intimidating. Blue hair, don't care. You're wrecking shop 2022. Hopefully with race. We're gonna do we're gonna do it big with race this year, man. That's it. It's a wraith year. A wraith but year. It's a wraith, a wraith year. I have thought year. I have many thoughts on them. Many, many thoughts on wraiths. I do have thoughts. Tell when, us where you went. Where were you? So I went to Tampa, Florida, to the Strange Realms, a magnificent and amazing and wonderful game store up there. Um, it is a shop I have frequented probably about 10 times now. Um, I go go up there every time I get a chance to. Doss and go there, buy money, spend money there. Um, buy money? And I played, spend, <laughs> yes, buy money there. Um, and I played uh, five fantastic games of Warhammer. And I won four of them, and I was defeated by my friend Jordan um, on a stream game. The uh, the tippy top pinnacles, my race were not not tough enough to overcome the custodians. It's like a tough on tough battle. That's a pretty. This gonna be interesting to talk about. I feel like you have similar strategies. You're a little shootier. He's maybe a little more survivable. So I want to know. What was the uh, t- the train setup for this? You guys playing GW player yeah, play? It was, um, it was GW. GW? Okay. Oh, GW is still pretty tough on the uh the old Dawn of War missions are a little tough right now for GW train until they fix it. Yeah. Well uh, true, Stranger Realms is just Florida, period. <laughs> I, we all I'm just, <laughs> yes. Before we yes, start the is. episode, could we all just go around the horn real fast and say Uthway? I'm gonna start it off. Uthway. Uthway. I thought it was Ulthway. It is Uthway. <gasps> I thought it was Ulthway. <gasps> I mean, it is, but I've just been, he's been so excited about saying it that I don't correct him at all. I'll say Uthway. I, that is, I mispronounce everything. And that's a, that's the most beautiful mispronunciation I've ever made. So, uh, we're doing it. Uthway. Uthway. I was, I, I was considering taking Uthway to this tournament. I, I, 
had um, three choices, and I went with the one that I went with at like the very last minute. You fool! I want to tell us about this, man. I'm excited about it. So this list has a story. Um, Ooh, and I'm the story you. is, for those of you who don't know, I like elves a lot. I played Drakari, I played a whole bunch of Drakari. Um, I got some craft world stuff, and I play Harlequins. I love Harlequins. They're probably my favorite faction in all of 40k. Um, rainbow men in tights that move very quickly and <laughs> run around the battlefield being little ninjas appeals to me on a visceral level. Um, and I was super stoked to be running Harlequins. I had my Void Reapers all painted up, and then Adepticon happened. Um, and I saw Void Weavers as far as the eye could see, and I just didn't want to be one of the many. I didn't want to be just one of the, like, I think there were, like, seven lists here last time I checked that had, like, nine Void Weavers. Um, and so I put the Harlequins back in the box. I said, you're going to come out after the balance state of sleep. Don't worry, guys. Um, and I turned to my Wraith army that I have been collecting since high school. And I said, the time is now. So they got a hasty paint job. Some of them got based at the tournament. Um, and I wanted to run something kind of fun, something that was a palate cleanser after a lot of Tau and Harlequins. Um, and so I set myself a goal. I said, I'm going to go to this event. Um, my list has to have, at minimum, 20 Wraith Blades and can have no indirect shooting. Those are the two requirements, and I could do anything I wanted within those two parameters. Um, and I'm really happy with the list I came up with. It actually does pretty well. Um, it has solid-ish matchups in the top-tier armies if I play it right, which I don't always do. Um, and it has some crippling flaws, which people can exploit, and I can talk about those and how I want to fix those. Um, but the gist of it is two bricks of 20 Wraith Guards, 20 Wraith Blades, so Two units of 10, so 20 total, with um, ghost axes and uh, the four shields. Um, three Farseers, three Warlocks, three units of Windrider jet bikes. Two of them are just three mans with shuriken catapults. One of them is a five man with scatter lasers, a yes. unit of shining spears with a paragon blade and heart strike, Baharoth, and then like some rangers for objective grabbing and rod and things like that. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you like a shining spear, you're, you're like, you mean. Autark Jr. with his two guys that are a blade of wounds got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Um, there was a moment when, in my first round, my opponent charged 10 Incubi into the Shining Spear unit, and the Exarch got, like, six mortal wounds and six at minus four. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that well, thing is good. You're He's so, such a boss. I had three craft rolls I was choosing from. The first was Eandon, um, mostly because it was fun, and, my, and I like Elder Corsairs a lot, and I was going to run Uriel and some Corsairs, but I said not to go do that. And there's, I want to go back to Ian because I think there's some real stuff there. Um, the second was Ultway because it's the best, like all around craft world. You get the six at Binval, and you get the extra strands dice, you get the five up against mortals, which is relevant. I can talk about why that's way more relevant than you think. Um, so the third was the one I ended up going with, which was Vengeful and Children of Prophecy. So I got to explode, exploding sixes in all my combat, which is like all of my damage. Um, and I got to reroll ones and twos on psychic tests and denies. There's psychic, you know, stuff, psychic stuff. Um, and that's really important because the list had six psychers in it. Oh, so you're, you're, you're yeah. really, you really are relying on buffs on this too, though. With those Wraith yes. units, there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a huge difference in a Wraith Blade not buffed unit and a buffed unit. Yeah, they were, I, had a, I had a couple of turns um, over the course of the event where um, 
the Wraith units would go out and they would have fortune and protect and lightning fast and will of Assyrian and guide and doom and empower. They got all the buffs and they just don't die. And they would just kill God. Um, and there were a couple turns where either my opponent would have some psychers and deny a key power to, or I would just fail, you know, which wouldn't roll high enough. And, and the Wraith guard would just kind of all die. It was like <laughs> five or six turns. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, this, this, your list is near and dear to my heart because of the first two, I ran two straight years of competitive with straight Iandin. By the way, those two years would be 2002 and 2003. So it was several years ago. Your, your quote of, I, I've been collecting this this particular list since high school. I was like, that was last week when, that was last week. It was, it was like three or four years ago. <laughs> Here's the thing on this is tell me tell me about the I'm going to tell everybody about the list you played and then tell us about what mission you played uh, what mission you played and then we'll do secondaries and stuff like that. So you played custodes. I'm going to give the custodes yeah, yeah. real quick. So he he went super out of the box. I mean this is like cutting news. I don't think I've ever seen anybody Crazy. play this before. Shield cap, absolutely insane. Mr. Worldwide, shield captain of Donnie Go Bike, tip of the spear, everything else, Trajan. Two units of custodian guards, one shields, one spears. Unit of girls, because you got to top those psychic. Yeah, stop those psychic powers. I learned to speak this morning. <laughs> A unit of three custodian wardens, a Vexillian Praetor with Castellan's Mark for the redeploy, Guardian Spear, and the Magnifica. And then three units of bike and one a beefy bike, though. He brought three, three, and five. That's That's no playing around, bikes. So no, it was, it's, it's, it's a lot of bikes. That is, it's several of the bikes. So tell me about the mission and tell you, tell us a little bit about the what secondaries you chose and what you, where your head was going into the game. Did you feel favored? Did you feel unfavored? Um, I felt like I was going into this game at a disadvantage, and I can talk about why. Um, the first thing that you need to know is Jordan is a very good, very very good player. He's one of the best custody players I know. Um, so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to capitalize on any like you know obvious bonehead mistakes because he just wasn't going to be making those which meant i was going to have to win this game off me winning this game not exploiting an opponent's mistake which was like my whole strategy with this list um <laughs> it kind of was well, um, my opponent will play bad and then i'll just figure it out yeah um so this list, we, we played on conversion, which was one of the ones where there's one in the center, and then there's table quarters, and there's one over here and here. Um, I picked Stranglehold, Mental Interrogation, and Rod. And if I remember correctly, Jordan picked uh, Stranglehold, Grind Them Down, and Assassinate. Because my list has seven characters. Ooh, that, um, that's, a, that's a ballsy pick, though. He picked a very aggressive amount of secondary, so. He did. Yeah. He really did. Um, so immediately right off the bat, I was like, okay, I have a decent shot. If I can turtle in my two ruins and bubble wrap the psychers inside buffed wraith blades, then I'm probably going to be okay. Because even if he holds the center, I should end up coming out ahead on um, uh, secondaries. Because he's going he's gonna to get a, like a zero on grind and like a zero on assassinate. I was like, I can, I can make that happen. Um, and a lot of that was a lot of my in my list was hoping that my opponent would take assassinate and abhor the witch. 
And then all of the psychers would just sit in my back corner with 20 Wraith Blades, like, and just protecting them. If also, you know exactly where he's going, because he has to be aggressive to you. He has no other choice now, because of those secondary um, choices. So, that, I was like, okay, so I can I can do this, I can win this game. Um, and then he rolled, and, I, and then Jordan went first. And I was like, okay, I have bottom turn, this is going to be okay. Um, and then Jordan took his first turn, and I was like, oh, we have an issue. So what he did was he took all of his bikes and he put them on the third floor of the GW ruins because this particular train setup had three floors. I was about to say, um, that, that's, that's a real thing. <laughs> um, so they were on the third floor. Uh, and just the way the train was set up, he could be there and get a line to my Wraith Blades, wherever they were. So I could not charge his bikes. Um and he could shoot me with like 13 Melta Lances. Um, and he got to shoot me before I got um, like Fortune and Protect up, which was just not great. And like I said, Jordan's a good player. And I love this Wraithblade list a whole lot of fun. But it has what I call the 17.1 inch, inch problem. And that problem is that a Wraithblade moves five inches a turn. And you can only declare a charge if you're within 12. Now, because the strands dice ghost walk, if you're worth in 12, I'm really likely to make that charge. But if you park 17.1 away from me, I can't hurt you with Wraith Blades that turn. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's such a big thing. I love that you brought that up because yep. a lot of people don't think about that because it doesn't matter if you have plus 43 to your charge. You still can't declare anything that's not within 12. So it doesn't so matter how far you can go. What Jordan did continuously um, was he just measured out 17.1. It's like, I can't hurt you beyond this point. Um, and just put his bikes right on that line and just shot me. Um, and because he took Stranglehold, I kind of had to fight for the center because at that point he was getting um, 12 points a turn on primary. Um, he was denying me Stranglehold. He was getting Stranglehold. And so I made this push for the center. Um, and with the problem with the time I moved out, it was like turn two or three. And I'd already suffered really bad casualties on both Wraithblade units from... Um, being shot by melted lances. Uh, and so when I ended up connecting, I had like six, but I was had to connect with two or three units, and then he transhuman no rerolls. Um, and so I just ended up killing like two or three guys out of each unit, and then he had enough to still hold the point, and then he killed a bunch of rape in return because, you know, Trajan double fighting, plus a unit of bikes, plus a captain, plus some wardens would just munch through things eventually. Um, and that was kind of how the game ended up swinging, was... He got me down to the point where I didn't have that critical mass and then finished me off. Do you feel like just looking from initially, do you feel like Stranglehold was kind of a, a mistake going into the game versus yeah, Custodes? 100%. Yeah. I, um, I wish I'd taken a cage. Um, oh, and yes. I was thinking, because we did this pairings before we went to lunch. So I was thinking, thinking about it at lunch, and I was like, well, do I want to take Stranglehold or do I want to take um, Engage? And I have the Ranger units in the bikes, so I could kind of missile them out to grab um, Engage if I needed to. And I was like, that's probably not a bad idea. Um, and so the options were kind of to take, like, to the last and Engage and just have part one Wraithblade unit in each flank, like, inside the ruin, lining the walls so, like, they couldn't be charged or whatever. Um, and I, in retrospect, that would have been the better strategy. It was that or Stranglehold. Um did you think about doing uh, significantly more reserves at that point in time? Because your Wraith Blades can really do a number on his three-man units. You know what I mean? Uh, and he's got to put some of those guys back in the back. So 10-man Wraith Blades. Yes. 
I would um, say ten man wraith guards versus uh, these three man custodian guard and three man wardens to basically steal, especially since uh, conversions where you, if you take your opponents, it's four plus minus one for them. Correct? Yeah, I think I'm right. Yeah. So I was thinking that you could have uh, double deep striked and then been aggressive with that go, you know, getting up there with the ghost walk and then quickening back. So, so. Um, the issue with that, I, I thought about that, and I. I I went second and phantasmed, and there was like it was like a five minute period where I sit there like debating whether or not I wanted to put a squad of wraith blades in reserve. Um, and the reason I didn't is because I have um, or he has tanglefoot, which meant if I come on from reserve, he tanglefoots me, and then all of a sudden I'm like minus four or five that, charge. True, but the, the, what I was thinking on that is is that you because it's the GW train and you have no windows there, you could tangle mm-hmm. tanglefoot has to be visible. So you yeah. you go outside of the uh, from one of the solid walls, uh, just basically choose somewhere where he can't see you, because he he only has three units of infantry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do can you deep strike uh, the race stuff? Yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're, they're infantry. Yeah, so it, uh, what's the rule for that? Two, which is like my favorite thing. He, he can do up to that two. Would... It's just a regular deep strike. Like, so is basically that one CP, one CP it's for one, one three, three CP for two. two. Yeah. So you could drop so, your. Because at that point in time, I don't even know if the CP are as important as being able to steal those objectives from him. Uh, Just from a, you know, obviously we're always looking on Unbroken on 2020. What did we learn from that game? You know what I mean? So in my mind, I'm thinking to yourself, it's going to be tough because he really loaded up on bikes and you loaded up on melee. You know what I mean? So you're you're playing basically your nemesis at that point in time. And you got to look for, well, it's not. He's got the advantage if I fight bikes, but you've got the advantage if you fight three-man units with your 10-man units. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can put those down. So I was thinking that and then just playing keep away your original strategy with everything else. And then looking for those big, big swing turns uh, for the Wraith Blades, especially in conversion, just because of the fact that you effectively get four, uh, four uh, points for the primary, but then you also give him a minus one, which That's is... five points, swing. And exactly, you, and you take that pressure off the middle too, because it's it's kind of a fun a bottleneck in this one, right? Because you're just two tough armies hitting in the middle, and having something in his backfield is probably pretty threatening. Right. Well, at that point in time, though, if he if he takes the in my mind, uh, if he takes those rake blades and he hits the the two nomad his back home field objective, and then one of the nomad his his uh, no man's light objective, uh, he has to like at least spread out. Because the biggest yeah. thing in fighting custodes is they just don't have a lot of units. Their units are tough as hell, but there's not a bunch of them, so you, you don't want them. The, the problem is, is taking Stranglehold against the Custodes means that at some point in time, uh, especially if he's trying to get to that middle, uh, you either take you either have to fight the L or you have to fight his backfield, which is fine. Stranglehold's fine with that, but you, you, your opponent knows that you have to make some aggressive plays. Also, if you if we did that, if we were doing the same thing we were talking about, I, we were talking about, I was talking about, <laughs> trying to say whether it's decent or not. Uh, it does take the pressure off your backfield and him getting those grinds and him getting those uh, assassinate points because he's got to turn around. Yeah, I so one thing just for everyone watching at home, the reason Brad is willing to put a 450-point combat unit in reserve, when normally I think it's a bad idea just to risk it on random charge, my list can guarantee a nine-inch charge. Um, True. Yeah, I, I guess a six on a stand yes. die plus two for ghost walk is the minimum required, which means if you're within nine, like about a deep strike, you're nine point one or whatever, I'm gonna make the charge. 
Yeah, that's that's a fairly big thing. Yes, Quinn. We we just didn't bother to tell anybody. Where like that seems pretty crazy for yeah. Brad, who 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 says never make it. You know, crazy moves to just YOLO charge nine inches. So yeah, that's why. Because you can guarantee that, and it's such a big deal in that. Because I thought when I was looking at this, I thought to myself, man, this is a game where, especially with all those rates, that you could get nickeled and dime the whole game, even with a minus one making it awkward for him. Because of the fact that he has to two for one you, which is a big deal on that at least. So, in in retrospect on this, what was what would you have chosen if you you come back from lunch and it's you're just you know you used your time travel device only for forty k of course that's the only reason we would ever time travel, only yeah. and very minor good, very minor good, just yeah good. Um, what would you change? I would take, yeah, I, I would take definitely engage. I would keep Rod and I would keep Metal Interrogate. I think those are two solid. As long as I have a Psyker alive, he doesn't even have to give up his casting because I can use the Eldar strat to cast a power and a spell. Um, so I had two ways of like kind of going out, casting a power, and then going back in. Um, the first was my one of the Farseers on the one on the bike had um, Falcon Swiftness, so he auto sixes his um, battle focus tests. So what I would do is I just park him directly outside of a ruin. He would shoot something and then just battle focus behind it. I do. I love that. It's, it's so yeah. Cool. And I, then I, I didn't have spend resources on it. Like you could just do it every turn. Um, the other way was you move a psyker out, you cast whatever powers you need, and then you cast quicken on him, and he goes back inside your little castle. That's good. It's the funny thing is, is quicken is so much less than it used to be, but it's still so good for utility. It's no longer. I had oh. three warlocks in this list, um, and I'm rewriting the list now. And I was trying to decide like what I needed and what I didn't. Legitimately, won me games by himself. I'm the I'm the same way with the Jinx, the Jinx warlock. Yeah. He just can't go out of my list. Here's the question though: um, Why are you a, a terrible person and didn't include a wraith seer? Uh, and are you taking? <sighs> So here's a fun story. On a Wraith army, you could have had your third warlock be a big boy with a D cannon. So so here's the here's the fun story. I have, I have two stories. One, the answer to that is because they don't own a Wraith Seer. Oh. That's it. I'm not, I'm not even mad. I'm the just embarrassing truth. I just don't own one. Um and I I mean, this was kind of last minute, and so I just was like, ah, oh, whatever, he uses points, ah, uh, wraiths. Um, like, no, he's like the thing that's going, getting added. Um, remember that quick in Warlock that I said was so important? Um, there was a game one time at this tournament that my quick in Warlock, I rolled 2d6 for him to cast Quicken. He died to this peril, so I re-rolled it. Into double ones. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to reward a move. And then he died. And then he still died. <laughs> and then he killed the warlock standing next to him. Oh. And I was like, "This feels bad." Yeah, that's this a bad feels feeling. Really bad. Nine moon so, wraith seer. Yeah, nine, nine moon wraith seer, real good. Also, spirit seer, four wounds can't die to no perils. Also, um, he is an H two trace. Yeah, he is, which is which is. Difficult. I had like yeah. three other HQs I wanted in this list. There's a lot of good um, HQs in the Eldar. Like Baharoth is my favorite character in the entire game right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I a because he's an opposite character with phase cap that like just never gets shot. Uh, he was to the last in this list. Um, I had a couple times I took to the last, and my opponent was like, "Yeah, so what is what's your third one?" It's obviously two wraith guard, and I was like, "Oh, it's Potter." Um. I love him. He, I literally played a game last night where Baharoth, in the very end of the game versus Tau, just showed up in the very, very backboard edge. Right, now. I was playing conversion right behind his objective, and he only had like two bodyguards left back there. And he's just like, "Oh, cool! It's Baharoth. Yeah, <laughs> he's just there now. And, and now and I'm also, gone. I also bounced on his turn because I had been in a. I let myself stay in a combat, and then when I killed. You know, use my consolidate to bounce when I after I killed the guy, and he's just like, so great. All right, <laughs> no, perfect. I, I love my converted Baharoth. He's awesome. He's the mini I use for like all of my important elder characters because they all have wings. And I was like, aha, I get to use you for something else now. Oh, he's um, toast. Yeah, he's toast. He's next bounce very, very, And the question right now is, you're on a camera. Why are we not seeing this converted model? Okay, let me go find. <laughs> It's so right over here. I can go oh, grab go my whole Wraith. Go get it. Yes, yeah. we want him. Also, I like the fact that neither one of you have talked about my dice carry. My dice bag, by the way. Where's your dice bag? I don't even see it. If you look on YouTube, you will see my dice bag is right next to, right above my head, right next to Quentin's. Head. Oh, what is that? Who is that? That's sweet. Um. Anyway, this was originally my succubus for my Drakari army. He has pink hair. I don't know if you can see that. That's um, rad. But he was Baharoth for a while. I made him out of the um the Lilith model. Oh, dude, that's awesome! I really like and that. Really yeah, that looks really good. Those are, sweet. Those are sweet wings. Yeah, you know, right? All of my all of my all of my Eldar characters have wings. Just all of them. Um, my favorite one um, is my player of Twilight Harlequin Troopmaster from back when that was like the one you ran. Um, has uh, one of each of the Scourge Wings, and he's, like, cut mm. in half, so he has, like, a Drukari sword on one side, and a Yanni sword on the other, and he has one of the Harlequin masks that's, like, half and half. He looks really cool. I don't know that's where cool. he is. He's somewhere over there. Bring him up for part two. Yeah, so Baharoth is awesome. He's been playing, you've been playing Eldar off and on for a while, man. A while, yeah, yeah. I, um, I played Tau a whole bunch, but, like, I have fallen head over heels in love with elves just of all forms and fashions um i, I just love how fast they are they like, play in all phases it's such a here's the thing I, yeah it's just that i know there's self haters out there because they have been broken several times over the last couple editions but man it, it once you start playing in every phase it's hard not to play in every phase i um i i played like a year straight of Jukari. um and then I played Tau, and I like was like, I miss combat, I miss combat, I miss like I miss being able to solve this problem, I miss being able to wrap that unit there. There's a drop pod right in front of me, and I can't take advantage of it. <laughs> like ah, oh, um, I, I love I love anybody ah, that drop pod in front of me and ever use it for a turn. <laughs> can't shoot me, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's, yeah. Here's the ransom um, note for one drop pod. What do you want for it? I uh, know everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, John and Jack on the Space Marine um, Elite or a troop tier list today were talking about drop pods and they showed a photo of John. He had his entire custodies army tagged in a single drop pod. This whole <laughs> thing, like all of it, like all 2,000 points in yep. one drop pod. That, that, by the way, this is a real thing. This is it happened in a competitive. 
tournament, not just some random pickup game, John managed to literally tag his whole army. And I can't even remember what the dude was playing. He was playing a shooty army. It was a shooty marine yeah. version. And literally his yeah, his next his next turn was just um pass. Like it's just like <laughs> I guess. You're just gonna die going to the some custo combat. All right. Yeah, I've been Trajan heroic and killed the drop pod because lol Trajan. Mm. Um but yeah, I know, like elves are elves are fantastic. And I I just I like this army especially, it plays well in all phases. It has incredible mortal output. Like at the time I always explain what Eldritch Storm does, but the first time you just get the full three farcier Eldritch Storm to the face, um, you're just like, oh, that was a lot. Um but also like I had a game against Sisters when Celestine appeared and she was like, ah, and I was like, I have six psychers and they all cast smite. And then Celestine died in the psychic phase. And then she stood back up and I was like, cool, my whole army shoots you. And then she died. (laughs) (laughs) So, so if you're going to take all these mortals, what would you say your favorite relic pistol is? (laughs) So, oh, we're doing it. You're better than that, man. Talk about we're not allowed to. They're they're actually doing the top ten rally pistols tomorrow. They stole our thunder, man. We're doing this live because we have a commenter every single week for like a year. Top ten rally pistols win, and we're doing it, man. We're doing it. Give give me your top ten list, Brad. I don't even care. You can't steal there. You're gonna steal their thunder. They're gonna be so sad. Can I get my number one? Can I get my number one? We'll 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 split the difference. and you can talk about list changes, and I'll give you... I think that's part two, so I'll give you a little taste. Um, my list needs more shooting, because five inches turn movement is just not enough, and I can talk about why later. Um, but I want to switch one of the traits, I think probably the Exploding Sixes, to Hail of Doom, and add like a bunch of Dire Avengers. And if I do that, we're going to add Kerno's Bow. Yes! Oh, nice segue! So Perfect! Beautiful! So that's your number um, one. So what you do is you you take a Farseer and you give him Kerno's bow, you give him um, masterful shots, um, and Hail of Doom. So any six to hit or six to wound is two mortal wounds, and you can have him explode because it's a shuriken weapon. Uh, and also you have Strand's dice. So he like sides up to someone, shoots him with a pistol, and does like eight mortal wounds, and then just like skeets. I, I, I swear to God, it's hilarious because I did this in a test game, and we had to like pour through the rules because I was like. They're like, there's no way that's how that works. <laughs> um, my friend has been running a Farseer with Executioner and Crushing Orb and the bow. Um, and I watched him straight up walk up to a Riptide at full health and just pick it up. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, is when you walk up to squads like that, it's just nuts. Like, I've actually seen someone just shoot into crisis suits and just go... Man, did you just kill like all the drones and two of the suits? Like, what? What oh, just happened? Here. Yeah. What's like, the, What's the name of the pistol I like? I'm gonna give you my my number one. What's the name of the pistol I like? The Necron one. The Gauntlet of the Conflagrator, Conflagrator, oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I got, I got little it. Six shooter, the six shooter little robot thing that's firing away. Oh man, it's it's. Yeah, cool. I would say it's Lactopus. It's the Gauntlet of the Conflagrator. The Conflagrator. 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 Uthway. If anyone can pronounce that correctly, you are a god among men. Because I certainly cannot. (laughs) That's that's my favorite though. It looks cool. It is good. It's cool. All around. It wins. It wins. I love how how Brad was like, wait, but isn't it one shot? And I was like, no, but the Glocktopus just always immediately dies after you use it. (laughs) So it is one shot. Yeah. He just drops in and kills something. 
I love the fact that like we were looking at the pistol things and like Marines and AIG have like a hundred random pistols. Oh, There's is. so many. Brad, what's your number one? You can't say either of the two that just mentioned. No, you know, I'm, I'm, he's got him so far down on his on his list. I it makes me sad. I'm gonna go with the Crimson Killer. It's only one shot, but it's number two. Number two Crimson Killer. You think it's better than Wormtooth Rounds and Crescendo? Uh, that's fine. No, it's not even better than Soul Seeker. What does Crimson Killer do? <laughs> it's a plasma it's a da- pistol. It's, it's, just a, it's, it's just damage three. And it can, yeah, can, it, can it also does a mortal wound on like a four up two. Like that. It's, it's not bad. It's a good pistol. It's, it's, it's not that many good pistols. Yeah, I mean, Who takes it? Any it's just chaos marine character? Chaos, chaos character. It's, world, it's, it's a world leader. It's like one of their only shooting attacks they're going to have in the entire arc. That's why. Yeah, that's rad. That's rad. That's rad, Brad. I mean, also uh, the blessed bullet pistol, sweet too. I mean, it's oh, it is. Guy. Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, that's just a heavy bolter, yeah. like a better heavy bolter on an <clears> infantry. <throat> yeah. So there's so some super sweet stuff on that. It's also known as the other Necron relic that isn't the Veil of Darkness. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah. so. Hey, Quinn, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out of part one real fast. Actually, I'm just gonna All this right. is. This is our closing thing. Um, what was your MVP for the weekend, and what's on chopping block? God damn block? it! <laughs> MVP Bahra, hundred percent. With uh, honorable mention to Quick and Warlock, those two guys. Like w- the army was like those two guys, and then the rest of the army. Like they did all of the work, and the rest of the army supported those two models. That, um, you actually, you actually answered my, my second question. My follow up was, what's if you're if you cut all but one warlock, what power are you keeping? Quicken, gotcha. It's quicken, no, yeah. no question. It's quicken. No. Um, I had that debate for a while. On the chopping block, don't put Doom and God on that, bro. Yeah, put, put so Doom and Executioner that, on I mean, that guy. The answer is that like the powers get shuffled around because as it currently stands, I had a useless farseer and then two like super important farseers. Um, and I want three kind of important farseers. It's funny because you went to that. I've actually, be, I'm spoiled because I'm playing Uthway. Uthway. <laughs> Everybody will yell at us for this. But uh, because I, I run an Eldred and a Farseer, I get to run, I kind of get to get away with two, even though I still want one more power because Eldred can cast three. Yeah. So the other thing that like I love and my heart, but sometimes is just bad is the Wind Riders. Um, I hit Night Spinners like a whole bunch this tournament. Um, and I was like, oh no. All of my wind riders are dead. I do love them for their cost, though, because man, I love I love shooting trash, and just being able to battle focus them around is super nice. You know, I had my um the ter- the games I got to use it the um five man um scatter laser bike unit would just move out like an inch away from a wall, would shoot something small, and would just go whoop, find it. And also, everyone battle focus. Make sure you're doing it correctly. It's one of my number one pet peeves. You can't go clip over walls and stuff. It's minus three if you move over any terrain. So you have to set yourself up so you can do a nice slide back and forth. Or a, uh, pay the CP for the flat pay, six. I was about to say, I do the flat six all the time because mm-hmm. vertical distance doesn't count. For, that for and lightning fast are my two most used strategies. That and, the, and cast lightning fast reactions because it works on Wraith Blades. It's minus one to hit. The other one you say you can make your battle focus flat six ignore vertical. No, no, no. It's just things anything with fly ignores a vertical. So you can jump on top of, for instance, the GW ruins, and then Mm -hmm. you ignore the down. So you're minus three, so you only get a three, but you ignore the vertical, so you get to move three back or wherever. That's pretty good. So it's 
it's a really good stratagem. I, I use those more than anything, to tell you the truth. Same with Quinn, I do the same thing on that. That's probably the the things that I use the most. Yeah, the uh, character strat I use all the time is the cast an extra power slash cast a psychic action into power. Wow, that's um, funny. Yeah, those are so good. Being able to like be like, man, I need like Will of Asuri in this turn, but like also this guy has to be casting Metal Interrogate. I just get both, like Yeah. And sometimes you just want to go buck wild on uh damage powers, telling the truth. Oh yeah. So there's a big deal on that. Uh-oh. Uh, also, apparently you dodged some demons this weekend. Dodging demons. Uh Brian of All Pass. Um my list can't beat that because his list is like a jillion demon bodies with a four pinball and no rerolls. And I don't have that many attacks. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> because you took sword and board and didn't listen to old band Brad and say one of your units had to be swinging with five attacks apiece. They look cool too. <laughs> yes. And they look super cool. And we will look at, we'll do a talk about it in part two. Talk about part Brad. two. Brad. So, Thanks this for might be mind, the everybody. most impromptu time ever. We might do. We're, we, we, no, it's not like we're going to might get to do this. We're going to do this again for another part one. Uh, we decided to go uh, to go live, and I made this happen when we decided at eight o'clock, I think, or whatever, when we <laughs> seven thirty uh, that we were going to go live, and we made it happen. So not a lot of uh, pre any telling anyone, but it's super exciting. I love to talk to everybody. I love you guys to get involved. And this is by far my favorite thing that I do in Art of War is the Unbroken podcast. Because I get to talk to people like Quentin and I get to make fun of Blake every week. Yeah. I also like making fun of Blake. It's very fun. Everybody does. It's it's excellent. So, All right. Thanks for joining us, our, everybody. I was say, give us our send off here. Tell everybody what we're gonna, they're going to see for part two and where they can get it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, Quentin. Make sure to check out our other content and podcasts at theartofwar40k.com. We have The Art of War Vanilla, now with Nick Nanavati flavored and Paul Murphy. We also have the very, 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 very American, very patriotic, maybe a little Australian now, again, Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, are The Art of War Pistachio, the flavor you didn't know you loved until you tried it. Thanks for listening. Join us for part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.